Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage, huh?
we can do anything we want to, a place that we can accomplish anything we set out to, a place that we can reach anybody that we have a desire to reach. And that's what A Cup of Joe is all about. My name is Joe Grumbine, and I am the CEO of a little organization that we like to call the Human Solution International. And we're a civil rights organization. Um, and we believe that no one should go to jail for a plant, ever, not for any reason whatsoever. And we spend a lot of time educating and supporting people that have been victimized by the war on drugs or on American citizens. Um, and it's just so wrong in so many ways, and I'm not going to sit there and pontificate about all those reasons. We actually have a really, really packed show once again today, and I'm going to kind of dive right on into it. Um, I'll do my pontificating between uh, guests and callers and topics, but um, we've got a lot going on. Um, today we have Shauna Banda uh, up first, and she's getting ready to uh, have a hearing um, that, well, I mean, it's it's an arraignment technically, but um, uh, tied into this is going to be a hearing to determine uh, if there's going to be a medical necessity slash biological necessity defense allowed in her case, which is going to be critical to its success. Otherwise, we end up uh, in a jury nullification point of view, which is much more difficult, although it's doable. And, you know, the fact that Shauna is standing tall um, in such adversity uh, with health issues and being in a hostile environment, um, having to deal with people that um, are supposed to be helping but don't always show up or participate the way that, you know, you might want. Um, it's part of this whole process. It's part of the whole nightmare that is our justice system slash legal system. Um, we have a lot of lawyers involved in our world, and, um, you know, lawyers end up becoming judges. Lawyers end up becoming prosecutors. Lawyers are public defenders. Lawyers are private defenders. Um, lawyers oftentimes become politicians, um, judges, and all of that. And um, I've got such mixed feelings about lawyers as a as a whole. And I typically don't like to paint with a broad brush because obviously um, we're all individuals, and that holds true in any profession or any group of people. But I have never been more disappointed by a larger group of people than I have with lawyers. Um, promises of, of pro bono and compassionate priced work, promises of showing up, promises of, of putting uh, motions and writs and legal papers uh, to be filed in a timely way, written correctly and, and with everything right. Um, and so many times nothing, uh, not even an excuse uh, showing up late, uh, having substitutes come in, and the defendant, the one person who's going to um, have the effect of whatever happens, either positive or negative, uh, typically doesn't even find out about it till the day of court. I can't tell you how many times I showed up to court, you know, more than 200 times in my cases. And, uh, you know, either my lawyer didn't show up or was late or my co-defendant's lawyer was late more than mine was. 
Um, you didn't find out about something happening uh, until the very last second. I mean, just every possible nightmare. Um, and in some ways, it's unfortunate that we have to rely upon attorneys to do so much of the work. Um, and frankly, I don't recommend as a rule for people to represent themselves pro per pro se because most people don't do it well. Uh, occasionally somebody will come forward and shine because they get uh, brought up to speed with the rules of court and how to uh, submit evidence and, and the right procedural things that unfortunately you need you know, training for. Um, the Human Solution is constantly on the hunt for an attorney who's willing to participate in in our many, many cases that are in need of, of, of help and support. Um, virtually every case that we support is either under-defended or, or not defended adequately on, on any level. Um, and the ones that are typically, you know, there's huge legal bills, legal fees, and, you know, you end up spending all this time just trying to raise money so that a lawyer can get paid. It's very frustrating and very difficult. And so for that, I appreciate and understand anybody who's willing to stand up and fight. I get that part of it. I don't, fortunately, I didn't have to deal with all of the health issues, um, but just the legal issues by themselves and fundraising and, and, and having to learn the law and making sure that your lawyer didn't screw up and all of the things that we have to do. We have to become the legal experts if we want to be successful. We have to be the one that knows the law as well as the lawyer does because you cannot count on your lawyer to get everything right. You have to know what you need to do, and you have to be prepared to do it yourself if need be. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, Shauna's going to come up really quickly. I guess I am going to pontificate a little bit because I just end up doing that sometimes. But it's really short and to the point. Um, our next guest we're going to have is going to be Marvin Caitlin, um, who is Kyle Caitlin's brother. And Kyle's been sitting in prison for the last little while, and um, he's got an opportunity at um, a Supreme Court hearing uh, to review the uh, appellate ruling that ruled against him. So uh, we're going to be talking about an amicus curiae, which is a, a friend of the court offering, and we were talking about that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it turns out that now all of a sudden, magically, there's a need for it. So we're going to be talking about that and reaching out specifically um, for legal assistance to get this document written. Um, if anybody is in a situation where they have um, a legal uh, problem, they're, they've been charged, um, arrested, um, had their kids taken away, lost their job, all of the things that happen uh, when people get targeted as a result of the war on drugs, um, specifically the prohibition of cannabis, uh, typically, we don't know what's going on. We're not criminals by nature. We don't know the system. We don't know how it works until we're thrust into it. Uh, the human solution has been there. Many of our members have gone through it either firsthand and, and been locked up and lost you know, all of the things that you lose, or just being there in support of others, sitting in courtrooms, uh, speaking with attorneys, listening to judges, um, learning the laws of, of each state as it applies to each case, um, that's what we bring to the table. So our legal clinic is growing, and although it's not funded per se, 
um, it's funded with a wealth of experience, and um, hopefully it's going to continue to grow with this uh, amicus brief that will hopefully be filed um, in a timely way. All right, so let's go ahead. Um, Shauna Banda has been a friend of the show for, I don't know, since the beginning of the show pretty much. Um, I met Shauna personally at uh, Kyler Carriker's trial out in Kansas, and we spent time together supporting his case. Um, I was there, you know, on the phone when she got raided and and um, became aware of, you know, the case as it was happening. And, you know, I, I understand um, the arduous process and the difficulty of trying to gather people to support and stay supportive as time goes by. And, you know, these cases typically do not happen quickly. Um, and Shada's case is no exception. And so to keep the public support for, you know, more than a year or two years, or hell, in my case it was six years, um, it's almost impossible. You know, I started out with hundreds of supporters and ended up with a couple of dozen when it was all said and done. Um, hopefully we can do the opposite here with Shauna um, out in Garden City, and we can actually get the numbers to start increasing as we're starting to get closer to the countdown on trial. So uh, we're going to talk about that. And um, we have some uh, a new album that just came out. We're going to play a couple of testimonials off of the album. And without further ado, we've got Shauna Banda. Welcome to the show, Shauna. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Do you want me to put uh, Stacy up at the same time? Oh, if you want. Um, if you... It's totally up to you. I, I A lot of times you two kind of come on as a pair, so I'm going to go ahead and bring her up. And okay. Stacy Swanson-Kras, who is one of our coordinators up in Kansas, um, she's kind of our our right hand out there, and um, Stacy, you are live on the air as well. Thanks, Joe. So, anyways, I'm I don't go ahead know exactly start. what I'm commenting on because I didn't get to hear any of the preempt, but okay. Just be prepared. That's all right. I was just. I am just prepared. You're good to go. All right, perfect. Well, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over, Shauna. Why don't you give me an update on what's been going on? Uh, last time you came on a couple of weeks ago. Um, we, we had your album that was just released. Hopefully uh, that's starting to do good. I've got a couple of uh, testimonial cuts we're going to be playing. Um, and um, let's just tell, tell us what's going on. Where, where are we at right now? Well, we're still uh, doing the sales are slowly coming in on that album, but they are going in. A lot of people are very, very excited about it. And, okay. um, and they are just amazing. Lindsay McGantz still has that uh, portrait that she painted, and those are still for sale. And you can uh, message her on Facebook, and it's L-I-N-Z-Y-M-I-G-G-A-N-T-Z, and private message her, and she will have uh, – she'll be able to answer with pricing and details on that. And then um, – you know, I've still got my book out there, Live Free or Die, that will help anyone trying to go through the healing process of uh, cannabis oil. Um, sometimes just reading someone else's experience helps you to not be alone and have a little bit of knowledge of what to expect. So um, 
there's those are the three things we've got going on to try to raise funds for the case to get this through. Um, my voice is leaving today, so I'm really sorry, but um, <laughs> we've been Just we've be been working. Slow and really don't push. Hard. Yeah, well, we've been working really, really hard on uh, preparing for this case and getting uh, everything ready to go, medical records and um, everything set up. So Friday I will be arraigned, and then we will uh, hear from. Uh, experts. We've got Dr. David Allen coming on board, and his uh, expertise is absolutely one of a kind. And um, and his his reports are just so thorough. So uh, he's just amazing. And Dr. Robert Melamed as well. I'm such a fan of his, and and love him to pieces. We were just on the Hash Church this last Sunday, and that was quite, that was a lot of fun and um, and very eye-opening, very, uh, very educational, and um, and I can't wait to um, see him on Friday. And uh, I heard and about uh, this this Hash Church. Tell tell me a little bit more about that. I I was I was told that you uh, uh, held your own very well against a, a, a few naysayers. Uh, so first of all, what what is Hash Church, and second, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience? Well, Hash Church is just a round table of highly educated um, men that are, uh, you know, very knowledgeable, and uh, most of them are growers. Some of them are sick. Uh, and some of them uh, actually own labs, so <clears throat> please excuse me. And uh, and Dr. Bob was there as well, and uh, it was a four-hour conversation. And to be very honest, it didn't feel like four hours. Uh, the entire time, it was very riveting and uh, very exciting and. Dr. Bob went into the evolution of the endocannabinoid system, and it was jaw-dropping and helped me understand it even further. So uh, if anybody ever gets a chance, please check out. I think it's called Hash Church, Episode 132, and uh, highly educational. You you wouldn't want to miss that one. (laughs) Excellent. So, um, with with your case right now, um, I understand you're you're going to be arraigned, which is simply a matter of saying not guilty. And uh, but at this arraignment, you're going to have an opportunity to present testimony of experts. Um, and is there uh, motions being heard, or this is just a prearranged um, evidentiary hearing, or? Uh, how it, how how is this playing out? I'm trying to get a sense of the timeline that you know it would be um, before the trial would begin. I think it's kind of like an evidentiary hearing. Um, I've also heard it possibly called a Daubert hearing, uh, but it's I think it's just basically um, bringing our experts forth so that the judge will be able to determine 
whether or not they qualify to testify. And uh, I believe it's, you know, whether or not he's going to allow a biological necessity defense. So um, it's going to be history in the making and very exciting, I think. Now, I understand that um, the state brought in some testimony as well and that some of it uh, seems like it might even be favorable. Is that, am I correct in that? Well, that's what, um, that's what I'm hearing. So I'm very, you know, science is science, and that's why I'm so confident in going forward on this. Uh, even, even the state has brought forth testimony that seems favorable. So, uh, or reports that seem favorable. So um, it it's just amazing to me that we haven't been able to do this before, and um, and I'm absolutely honored and and proud to to try. So, uh, but I have such confidence. Um, because there is enough science out there now, and you can't deny it any longer, you know. They say, I think I've said this before, they say ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, you know, now we can say back, you know, ignorance of the truth is no longer an excuse. <laughs> no, I, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I was talking to Stacy earlier today, and I said, you know, it's it's getting harder and harder uh, to pull out the old, uh, you know, drugs are bad and pots of drug, um, you know, claim. And uh, it's getting harder and harder to maintain a course of, you know, cannabis is a gateway drug, um, you know, it fries your brain, all the crazy things that people have said in the past when the science actually says uh, quite the opposite. And uh, more and more studies have come out, more and more, um, you know, nations are, are allowing research to happen, so our Controlled Substances Act has not been able to uh, inhibit the research the way it was intended. Uh, I mean, it did a pretty good job for a while, but, you know, once it breaks out, there's no stopping it. And scientists, like you said, are scientists. They're not supposed to be governed by um, uh, somebody's morals or, or, you know, ignorances. Um, the whole idea of science is an objective uh, observation of, of life and nature and the universe. And to be able to uh, uh, demonstrate certain principles and properties and be able to replicate those. And so that's what's happening right now. And they're finding, you know, every time you turn around, they're finding another compound or another uh, component that of the entourage that, that has a specific effect, and they're uh, being able to to watch the mechanisms of how our receptors are working and how, um, you know, these uh, cannabinoids are, are, are working to turn off uh, cancer cells and cause them to uh, literally commit suicide, and they're documenting this stuff. Um, all of the regenerative things that are happening, I mean, it's just, it, it's just almost limitless right now, the... the uh, information that's coming out of all of the studies that are being done. So, to, it's criminal uh, to keep it secret. It's criminal it to keep it secret.
secret and it's criminal to try to patent a plant that can be grown in our dirt that is the most non-toxic substance on the planet. It makes no sense. And uh, people need to be really asking themselves, why are they trying to keep it from us? Uh, If it benefits us so much, why are they keeping it from us? Um, Then further ask yourselves, you know, hey, it's, it's helping Alzheimer's patients and it's regrowing neurons and um and it's helping people become smarter. Uh you think for yourself when you free your mind. And uh you know You know, it's you, funny um that you say I, that you think for yourself. I can remember when the human solution was first formed, um we had come up with all these ideas for we had some really creative people involved in the very beginning Uh, not that we don't now but we did at that time specifically and uh, they had created a bunch of you know t-shirts and things like that and one of the t-shirts that we did the very first one um, it was sort of a spoof on the dare program and it said dare in the you know the font that they use underneath it said to think for yourself and that was you know one of the main premises that that we were originated under was was educating people about just the truth you know you don't have to buy what they tell you think for yourself and 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 you know get the information get the truth you know the truth is the only thing that can defeat prohibition because prohibition is built on lies built on deception built on propaganda and without those lies deception and propaganda it can't hold up it just can't and and you know we we live in the time where we can do that. And your case is one of these cases that if we can get enough attention, as as we're getting closer to court, you know, you're you're witnessing what I've seen happen so many times. Is there's an ebb and flow to the, um, you know, to the exposure, and you know, in the very beginning, there's all kinds of exposure because the the wound is fresh and the trauma is 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 right there, and it's a it's a top selling story. And then, you know, weeks and months and a year goes by and so many people have, you know, lost interest, lost lost track, forgot about it. You know, I can think during my case, how many people would come up to me and say, hey, how's that thing going? And, I, you know, I was in the middle of that thing and I just was floored that, you know, but the truth is, it's difficult to keep people's attention to this and keep it relevant and current and and uh, and important and you know that's part of what this show's about is to uh, keep people connected to um, to the reality of this to the the personal story that is you and your case and 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 the the relevance of it that this case is is an historical case um, and and it's a case that you know could unhinge uh, the very substance of prohibition in the, one of the most hostile places um, on, in the country right now. And, and Kansas right now has is, is historically been, you know, just a very, very difficult place to get justice when it comes to this plant. And um, I just want to make sure that people understand that when you see a story like this, you know, we live in a world of, of social networking and and um, sharing and all of these things is actually really important when it comes to 
uh, keeping these stories alive because uh, the news media is only going to be interested as long as there's something relevant happening now and, and you know, it's so difficult to keep their interest as these things are dragging on for weeks and months and even years. Well, heck, sometimes it's hard to keep my interest, too, but I've got to get my nose to it, you know, and I understand, <laughs> I get it, and, um, you know, I try to not be in everybody's face all the time, but once uh, once something starts to happen, you know, I, I really do need the support and, and could and appreciate all the support that I am getting, and it, uh, it has been phenomenal, and I'm not complaining, not one bit. But uh, it is tough, and one of the things that I think this whole country has to learn is uh, self-sustainability, and um, no one is going to have your best interests at heart other than you, and and it is frustrating working with attorneys because, you know, you can... you. You know yourself and your story uh, better than anyone else, and when you see uh, when you see them, and you don't feel like they are fully aware of um, certain things that are going on or um, certain things that have happened in your case, you get very very frustrated because uh, you know they're supposed to be representing you and. Hey, hey, Shauna, I've got Craig calling in from federal prison right now. Uh, I'm going to keep you on, uh, but I just want to uh, bring Craig into the conversation here real quick. Hey, Craig, how's okay. it going? Hello, hello. I'm from uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Well, it's raining and dark here, but it's safe at the moment. <laughs> well, Craig, I, I'm sitting here um, with my dear friend Shauna Banda and Stacy swanson Crest from Kansas. And we were just having a conversation. She's getting ready to go to to a trial. Um, you might have been aware of her case. She's she's a Crohn's disease sufferer, and she's got a, a, a whole slew of ailments. Um, and she was making medicine for herself, and she got raided as a result of, um, you know, basically a D.A.R.E. program interrogation gone wrong. And um, she's getting ready to uh, answer to a second arraignment in a case and the next step of moving forward to trial. And she's she's here with me right now if you wanted to say hi to her. Hello, hello. I I do feel sorry for you. <laughs> Somewhat in your shoes, I guess. <laughs> I feel so much worse for you and uh you're actually living it and uh, I commend you for being brave enough to come out and speak on the radio every single week with Joe. Everyone appreciates it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I think your case and mine and so many others point out to the public that law enforcement is supposed to represent the people. An indictment typically says the people of, you know, the great state of wherever versus you. Well, you know, across this country, the people of all of our great states really don't want people in prison for marijuana. Even here, where people are jealous, you know, of different people's cases and whatever, I hear all the time that, you know, where is there a victim in a marijuana crime? There's not people strung out for marijuana. There's not people, you know, selling their bodies for marijuana. It's, you know, it, it's considered by and large by most people not even to be a crime. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's you know, and in Shauna's case, it was actually the opposite. She was actually healing herself and others uh, with this plant, and and she she's actually taking into uh, a state trial uh, a biological medical necessity defense, um, and and she's going to attempt to prove to the court um, that this is a necessary. Uh, component to her health, and that without it, uh, she suffers and could possibly die. And she's got um, medical experts um, getting ready to testify on the stand on Friday. I like that. I like that equal protection angle. That the federal law, of course, is the same everywhere. But uh, you know, how can it be that you know a person can get this medical treatment in this state? But he can't get it in another. You kind of have to wonder about that. <laughs> well, we've had some successful cases um, in Florida and some other states using a medical necessity, and uh, it's one of these things that if a, if a court allows it, which they have the purview to allow it, um, it can overrule or override a, a state's um, uh, prohibition type law uh, that says this substance is prohibited but the medical necessity defense can say except in the case where it's required for uh, sustenance or 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 it, you know to to live I agree I mean sometimes common sense will prevail will the court allow a jury nullification instruction no they the only state that allows the jury nullification instruction is New Hampshire. Um, but like we've done in Kansas before, if you can inform the jury that they have that right, it won't be an instruction per se, but it would be the jurors just just invoking their right. And it can't, you know, it, they have that right. So we're hoping that we don't need the jury nullification. We're hoping that we can actually create some sort of a case law. It won't be a, a published case law, but it would be uh, the shot heard around the world. If, if the medical necessity defense is allowed and Shauna prevails, as, as we all expect to happen, uh, it's going to open the door wide open for similar type cases to stand up and fight rather than roll over and take the deals that, you know, 97, 98% of the time they do. That's what I agree, and I mean, the marijuana laws have come such a long ways where now law enforcement agencies are returning marijuana to people where that was unthought of just a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I mean, uh, uh, several years ago I had 10 pounds of confiscated cannabis returned to me in my first case, and five weeks later they raided me. <laughs> so... But they gave it back to me. I carried it home in uh, evidence bags, and I, I kept those evidence bags as souvenirs. <laughs> well, human sense is coming a long ways. Uh, and our our Constitution you know, guarantees us a, a jury of our peers. I think, you know, in this day and age, and from all the polls I've seen and all that, there's going to be a lot of those peers 
They don't believe that somebody should be prosecuted for growing, growing a plant in their backyard. Well, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a strange scenario. The, the jury of our peers, I can remember my trial. I didn't feel very much like it was my peers in that jury pool, but it, it's, a, it's still the best thing that's out there. You know, if you look at your alternatives of a bench trial or even worse, um, at least you have a, a shot. And Shauna's case has been widely publicized, and she's in a, a little town called Garden City, Kansas. And it's a real, you know, it's a one-horse town. And so there are very few people in Garden City that don't know about her case. Um, as it's, you know, been dragging on and all the, the hardship that's come of it, um, it's it's gotten quite a bit of quite a bit of news coverage, and um, you know, it's it's got literally international coverage. I mean, there's been um, stories from literally all over the world that have talked about this case and the relevance of of this case and 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 why it's so important for the greater movement that Shauna stays the course and and pushes this thing over. And I can't imagine that the local newspaper was parading people around to say, here, here were the victims of her crime. <laughs> yeah, even... I mean, the coverage, the coverage could only work in her favor, I would think. Well, most of the time, they do try to, try to smear, you know, people's character and whatnot, but as you said, there, there's clearly no victim. And, you know, the, the state has already spent ridiculous amounts of money on this case, as they do with so many of them. And to go forward with the trial um, and, and take up the court's time and take up the court's resources when there's likely violent criminals out there that are uh, having their cases put off because um, they've got to go through this, you know, unfortunately it's almost a dog and pony show. It should not... This is not something that should be sitting in a criminal court. And, uh, you know, yet here we are once again. I agree. And as you know, I'm looking over the balcony here in, the, uh, in a cell block of about 130 guys, and a bunch of them are out in the, the day room area, the open area in the middle between the cells. And I look at the violent criminals down there, you know, the people that shot people during bank robberies, uh, you know, um, one actually killed two federal marshals. Wow. And uh, these people have sentences lower than the people on the drug offenses, and, you know, including a marijuana offense such as mine. You know, and it's hard to make any sense of it. You know, what are our law enforcement people doing? Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, and, and I know it's a kind of a recurring theme because it's so important. I heard a story just recently, and I can't remember the incident, but it was a violent murder, and um, it was one of these, you know, um, really horrific crimes. And the person they were talking about, the, the perpetrator, was uh, up for parole in like six or seven years. And they were talking about that, that the victim, the victim's family is still, you know, there, and they're terrified that this person's going to get out. And yet, you know, like you say, these drug crimes, I mean, you know, Noah Kleinman just had uh, uh, an appeal hearing yesterday, and uh, they did oral arguments. He got 18 years. Um, you know, you're sitting there serving a life sentence. We've got, you know, people serving, you know, 10 or more years for 
these nonviolent, non-victim crimes, and yet somehow they've got room to let violent people out. And the other thing that people don't think about is anybody who gets locked up for pot is going to be hanging out with violent people. Even me when I was in county, I was literally bunked with some vicious people. I mean, really gangland people with, you know, teardrops tattooed all over them. And, I mean, people that had committed savage crimes. And I was, you know, sitting across the uh, the room from them in a bunk. And, you know, I, I, I felt a little uncomfortable about that. And as you know, uh, violence is the way of life in prison. Uh, you know, before I came to prison in 2002, the last time I, I was in a fight, I was a little grade school kid, you know. Now, you know, they're, they're not very common, but they are a way of life. Everybody gets in a fight here and there in prison. It's just what it is. <laughs> and you kind of wonder, you know, what are these people being sent to prison to learn? Are they being learned to... You know, learn to defend themselves constantly, you know, by the use of their fists. And, you know, I mean, what are they truly teaching these people? Especially people like me with no criminal background at all. Well, I think that that's, you know, one of the, one of the, the, the facets of this that we talk about all the time is, you know, the, the fallout from the war on drugs. And it actually takes good people and it not only puts them through these hardships, but it puts them in a situation where it's almost impossible to come out better than you were. Typically, you know, at worst you're going to be damaged by it, but unfortunately you're going to learn, you know, behavior that you can only learn in a, in a, in a horrible place like that. And it, it's, it's just unconscionable, the, the, the fallout that comes out of this. Well, here's one thing you learn right away in federal prison. is a bank robber. It's less than a fourth of the time of a drug offender. <laughs> There's a lot of people having, I had a celly that robbed three different banks in three different states, and his sentence was 33 months. Wow. <laughs> wow. So he, 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 he's going home already. Wow. But the marijuana offenders are still there. <laughs> well, like we talked about, um, you know, I, I think that what's happening is, you know, there's a lot of push for prison reform um, in Obama's last, you know, couple of years, but a lot of that really didn't play out the way people thought. There was only a, even though Obama had a, a, a large number of commutations, it paled in comparison to the ones that were supposed to be uh, brought forth. And uh, there's more and more players looking at uh the emerging cannabis industry and the emerging cannabis uh, science and um, the the laws are just so archaic that there's a lot more people now that are influential and and uh, uh, you know have resources that are pushing back against those laws. So um, if we're not going to get it in prison reform, maybe we'll get it in our uh, decriminalization efforts. I agree, although one thing that kind of makes me bite my lip, I guess, about the uh, uh, Clement initiative, he commuted the sentences of 1,715 inmates. There's 17,000 uh, federal prisoners for uh, marijuana charge out of right at 200,000 federal prisoners. Of that 1,700,
district committed only 39 were marijuana offenders. Wow.
to have your endocannabinoid system uh, fed and sustained in order to have your body function at optimal quality. So denying this plant to feed your endocannabinoid system uh, is like denying us all water. It is human instinct, and you cannot make human instinct illegal. You cannot punish someone for seeking water or food. No, it's it's so true. Um, well, let's let's talk about uh, the support. Um, we all know that court support is something that can be um, very powerful. It's also something that can have a double edge to it. And um, I was talking to somebody from Michigan recently, and there were some, you know, we used to have, I don't know, six or seven chapters uh, active in Michigan. And then, you know, sometimes uh, people just get a little uh, out of control and they end up getting um, destructive. And apparently a couple of cases um, in Michigan were harmed by court support and it was you know it really only takes uh one person uh to act out and to sort of nullify the value of all the supporters and it's so important that when people come out um to show support for a client for for a defendant um that we do it with the most respect to the court as well as to the defendant, and we dress appropriately, we act appropriately, uh, we, we're not disruptive, um, you know, we're, we're, we're silent observers, um, you know, if possible, we wear our solidarity ribbons to demonstrate that we're standing together, um, and, and these are things that we've proven over and over again that work, but when somebody starts getting, you know, um, uh, loud or, or falling asleep or cell phone going off or being disruptive or or making noises or just standing out in a particular way um basically what happens is is it takes all of us and it turns us you know basically into a laughing stock and the jury will see us in a, in a counterproductive way and the court is very harsh to uh reprimand uh, supporters so it's it's really Something that you know, Shauna, you were there with me in, in um, Kyle's trial, Kyler's trial, and you know we were so careful to make sure that everybody um, you know was dressed appropriate. Um, that and in fact, we even had somebody that got really upset because we wouldn't let him come into the courtroom with short pants on, and it's just disrespectful to the court, regardless of your culture and your whatever. It doesn't matter. You walk into court dressed appropriately, acting appropriately. Um, we had literally people, we had a monitor that, that checked everybody, made sure everybody's cell phones were off, that, you know, people were, uh, you know, following the protocols. And that was one of the many cases that was completely successful. We we were able to demonstrate to the jury that the community was standing behind Kyler. And, and that's what we need to do for you. Um, and it's just going to be really important. Garden City is not a place that is heavily populated. It's not a place that we have um, a giant activist hub. So people that come out there, it's likely going to be a trek. It's likely going to be a hardship. So it's going to be important that not only are we trying to, you know, raise 
funds for the legal defense and all that, but we've got to be able to get supporters to be able to uh, get their resources together and carpool and, and get people out there, the, the people that we need to. So I just want to bring that to to the forefront as we're getting closer to trial. Um, you know, we, we Am I on the line? Uh, yes, you are. Oh, well, I'm Stacey Swanson Cross, and we're broke, and we all need to get there. We all need to be at a court date. We're all so broke. That being and said, we all need to be uh, there. Yep. And and it, and it can be done. And we've we watched it happen. Uh, you know, this is something that people can donate specifically uh, to the court support team uh, to make it to where you know people can arrive. We've had people donate uh, vans. We've had people donate gas money. We've had people donate um, you know right now rides, we need gas literally. money. Right now right. we need gas money and food. Right now we are edging at gas money and food. That's what we need. Um, we have a strong support system out of Wichita. Um, we are having, um, we actually are doing great. I mean, I don't think we're doing bad considering to what happened in Oklahoma today. David Beck was sentenced to 10 years on each felony count, and I'm not even sure how many that is. And, um... You know, he has three teenage daughters. We have to look at Shauna. She has a son, a child that it will be in need of care of the state if Shauna's not around. How much does that cost? So he put 500000 up prior, at, prior to proving she was sane, which I think we've already done on the show again. And then, um, you know, what does it cost beyond that? What does this 27 pages of state witness expert testimony cost us that came from Texas. That wasn't even from my state. And that's, I'm I'm getting disturbed as they're paying state experts out of my state. And I'm not mad at the state experts that come into our state. I'm just like, wow, really? You have state experts that you're going to call out of our state and then present us with positive evidence towards what we want? And there, there, there's just problems. There's so many problems. And I just don't see how all this will end unless we all take a stand. We all need to stand up. We all need to be real and present what we have. Well, that's absolutely true. Um, before we move forward, I want to go ahead and play uh, a couple of these little clips. I'm going to play one, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up, and then I'll I'll close it with another clip. This is. Uh, Dr. Bob Melamed um, talking. Uh, this is off of the Shauna Stock Live Free or Die 2017 Global Compilation Album that's available. We'll uh, give you the link to it uh, afterward. And Dr. Bob Melamed is a pioneer, um, and he's one of the true heroes of the cannabis movement. So here we go. We are in a far from equilibrium situation. Life. maintained by the flow of energy. Economies can't work if things are not bought and sold. Things always need flow. And hence, it's governed basically by the rules of far from equilibrium thermodynamics. And where that becomes significant at this point in time 
is that we're seeing fluctuations around the norm. The normal level of fluctuations might be like that for anything that you look at. But now they're like going wild, okay? And that's characteristic of what happens before a far from equilibrium phase change occurs. So if you look at populations moving of humanity because of what goes on in the Middle East, for example, that's unprecedented numbers. If you look at the ups and downs of the stock market, the fluctuations of the stability of our financial institutions, if you look at the weather change, if you look at the change in the uh, species that are being lost compared to norms, everywhere you look, the fluctuations are going wild. So we're part of the collective energy because everything does connect with everything else instantaneously. There, there's experiments that show uh, what's known as superluminal uh, transfer of information, meaning something is transferred before light could even do the transfer. All right, uh, and that that means that everything is connected to everything else. Uh, we are really just probes in adaptability in a big chemistry sense. Probes in adaptability in a big chemistry sense. Again, that was uh, an excerpt from Dr. Bob Melamede and um, demonstrating certainly his depth of understanding. Um, to have a conversation with him is is definitely an experience and to have him come in as an expert witness uh, hopefully he's going to be able to connect uh, with the jury and with the court and cause them to understand the things that he understands about this plant um, so let's go ahead we're gonna we've got um, uh, Marvin Caitlin and we've got some folks that are going to be coming in about um, the Kyle Caitlin uh, case in our amicus curiae brief uh, coming up next and so I want you guys uh, Shauna and Stacy um, first of all let's go ahead and give a shout for this album how do people find the album and how um, how can how can somebody get this to download you can go I mean I'm trying to find the uh, link for it real quick for you I believe it is of course, I want it to work faster. It is Shaunastock two zero one seven dot bandcamp b a n d c a m p dot com, and uh, the instructions are right there on the website, and you can easily uh, purchase and download. So, um, but I want to just leave this and let some uh, other people come on and get their time, but uh, I want to remind everyone that um, I will have court on Friday at uh, 9 a.m., and if you're not able to make it, we will also have um, media there uh, all day long, so hopefully you'll be able to get snippets throughout the day, and uh, thank you all for listening, and thank you for your support, and thank you, Joe, for doing this show, for helping so many people. And if we can oh, change absolutely. the Midwest and this Bible Belt, we can change anything. 
this is so true. We we believe, you know, one of the reasons that I've I've taken a, a stand and sort of taken Kansas under my wing a little bit as I can is I just see that, you know, you go to the worst place and you make a change there and then everything else um, should fall down easily. And that's kind of, you know, this case that just happened in Oklahoma is frightening. Um, and, and hopefully there's some outrage happening in Oklahoma over this. And hopefully we're going to be able to, you know, tap that and, and cause the necessary change. All right, well, I'm going to close uh, your segment with uh, an excerpt from Rick Simpson, who is legendary in the uh, study and application of cannabis oil as medicine. Um, and Rick has um, just been uh, an amazing uh, element to this whole movement. And uh, here's what he has to say. Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Simpson, and I'm here today to support a lady from Kansas named Shauna Banda. Now, what's going on here is that the legal authorities in the state of Kansas have been persecuting Shauna Banda now for quite some time, and I find this whole thing to be totally ridiculous. I mean, Shauna, she was diagnosed with Crohn's years ago. She went through the medical system. They did their operations. They gave her all their medications and whatnot. And in the end, she still wound up on her deathbed. But luckily for Shauna, she found out about the healing qualities of cannabis extracts. And she used these extracts to save her own life. Now, is that a crime? Now, please tell me, if you had, if you yourself, or you knew uh, someone that was close to you, that was sick and dying, and they had gone through the medical system, had no positive results whatsoever, and you or these people you care about turn to the use of cannabis extracts to save themselves. Do you really consider this to be a crime? You know, when over half of the United States now has legalized the medicinal use of cannabis? You know, there's something wrong. There's something very badly wrong going on in the state of Kansas. And I think it's just about time that everyone in America knew it. So please get behind Shonda and support her in any way you can. We have to put an end to this foolishness. You know, since when is it a crime to save your own life? For God's sakes, you know, it's time for the American people to wake up. My name is Rick Simpson. Thank you very much for your time. Well, I couldn't have said it better. So, all right, Shauna. Well, I look forward to uh, hearing what happened in, in the hearing. Um, hopefully we'll have some good news to report and, of course, I welcome you to come aboard next week and uh, give us an update. Thank you so much. You have See you then, time. Joe. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon, and uh, you have our our heart and souls with you in the courtroom. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Once again, Shauna Banda, Stacy swanson Craft, joining us um, with an update. Okay. So Shauna is in a the place where we're fighting for her freedom. Um, and we've got uh, people that have gone where Shauna was and failed. Um, and Kyle Caitlin was one of those in Arizona, which is another real hostile place. Um, and he was providing medicine for people uh, in accordance with their law, doing things that their law allowed them to do. And uh, yet a court ruled, uh, found a jury found him guilty, and he's languishing in Arizona State Prison right now, and uh, his his appeal uh, 
denied, and uh, now we're pushing for a, a Supreme Court review. And I've got uh, Marvin Caitlin on the phone right now, um, and he's going to tell us a little bit about the background of the story of the case, as well as uh, what we're pushing to move right now, uh, which is an amicus curiae. And I will talk about that. I've got a definition of that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, Marvin, welcome to the show. You are live on the air. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? How's it going today? Oh, going great. Basically, uh, about four years ago, it's been going on for quite some time. Uh, four years ago, Kyle was raided, and he had uh, a co-op grow with some patients. And uh, he was also uh, taking care of the patients uh, with their their needs. And he uh, got raided, and he was a caregiver at the time. And uh, the police officers just went ahead and arrested him. We were allowed to have uh, two and a half ounces of usable uh, marijuana cannabis and he had two ounces and showed it to the officer the officer uh, found money in his pocket so immediately there's you know they profile you and and say oh you got money so you must be a drug dealer you know and uh, went through court uh, numerous attorneys because for some reason, these attorneys cannot or will not file uh, the proper motions. And later on, we found out that the issue is in the Bar Association rules. In the Bar Association rules, it shows that uh, if an attorney assists a person in something that they that that is illegal, which the AMMA makes it not a prohibition anymore, but the the criminal law still exists, and so they use the criminal law. About six months later, well, let's let's go back just a hair. He his caregiver's card during this time, his caregiver card expired uh about three months after the the uh the raid and he became a patient so he started doing following the laws under the mma for a patient uh, well he got raided again and the at trial, the uh, uh, some, the Supreme Court ruled that if you violate this law in any way, you're no longer covered. I, I have no clue where they came up with that, but that's their ruling. And so the jury was precluded from being able to read, go on the Internet, and and find some kind of information about the AMMA. They were only allowed to read the criminal law. So 
unfortunately, they found him guilty. And so in case two, he, he pled out on that one because they were they had precluded the jury from, you know, hearing testimony from the from the defendant about the AMMA and from being informed of the AMMA. Um, actually, during deliberations in the first case, they uh, the jury asked the question, what is a caregiver allowed to do? And what is their responsibilities? And the judge came back with, I can't tell you. <laughs> so uh, Kyle filed yeah, for this is something I just want to bring up. Uh, and, and people think, if, if you've never sat in a jury trial, um, and people have such givings about what really happens. They don't understand. Uh, so many times juries are not informed of the facts of the case they're informed of elements of the case and they're not informed of all the laws that could and should apply but they're informed of the law that the judge allows these are the jury instructions that are given and in many 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 cases there are overlapping laws and as such as the case with virtually every uh, medical marijuana law in america where there's a law that says that it's illegal to do this, but the um, medical marijuana law, whatever that is, it says except when an individual is in this uh, state of being. And uh, most often there's not an immunity, but uh, what they call a, uh, a defense. You're, you're, you're given a qualified defense um, against this criminal act and it happens so many times it obviously happens in federal court because the state laws technically don't apply in federal court but this was a state case and in Arizona of all the places I've sat in courts um, it started with Paula Huff's case and there was been a number of cases through the years uh, Chris Martin's case there's been a number of them where uh, the yeah. facts of the case had very little to do with the outcome, and uh, you know people were convicted. Uh, that I just had to think that if a jury really knew what actually happened, they would have recanted their verdict and reversed it. And uh, uh, I have no doubt that's why so many times uh, support and media coverage can overrule a judge's intent of suppressing uh, the truth about some of these things. And so many of these judges, unfortunately, have been sitting on a bench for a long time, and they, they, they were elected or appointed to their position and, and elected to maintain it uh, based on, you know, uh, hard-on-crime, uh, drugs-are-bad sort of philosophies, and they don't really care about the law. Uh, they don't care about the law as it is. Um, they don't necessarily agree with laws, and unfortunately, they sort of legislate from the bench. I've witnessed it many, many cases, um, and unfortunately, I've I've seen people end up in prison uh, as a result. And without the community standing behind them, there's virtually no way to overturn this to to change it. And that's one of the reasons that as we're coming forward with this particular case. Uh, and I'm going to be reaching out specifically for help in in this 
effort that we're going to be making. Um, I want you all to understand that this isn't about the rule of law. It isn't about it's legal, it's not legal. It's about right and wrong, and it's about the fact that there. This, in this case, uh, Kyle was following a law, just like Paula Huff was following a law, and in spite of that was still convicted um, because the jury wasn't informed of the all the facts of, of the case. So I just wanted to throw that into it. Yeah, they're they're not being informed of the actual law. They're they're, they're being precluded from even uh, going online and and looking up what the law says. Uh, it's it's just insane how this is occurring. Um, you know, so, we, we, uh, so Kyle was convicted. What was his sentence? Uh, on case one, it was two years, and on case two, because of the prior. Uh, which these these two cases uh, occurred within a six month period, um, because of case one being found guilty and the prior he got four years for case two. So a total of six years, and is it being served concurrent or consecutive? Concurrent, so it's a four year. So it's going to be a four year term. And what is what is in Arizona? Like in California, it's pretty much. Uh, two to one halftime. What is what is it running in in Arizona right now? I think it's eighty five percent. You can so do things. At in, years, at yeah, you, you can do things in there to uh, get points and 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 such. But right. uh, you know, some things that happened to him. Um, he he got when he was in the Pima County Jail, just just in you know, and. Uh, some guy started hitting him in the back of the head and split his head open. He had to go get uh, stitches, get his head sewn back open. He did not retaliate. You know, he he he's, was in the military, so he he very well could have protected himself, but he didn't. You know, he stood down. And uh, about three months later, he was in Marana prison. Some guy busted his lip open so bad they had to call in a plastic surgeon to sew it up. Uh, sew it back up and and he and he did not retaliate but because of that he was uh he was punished for fighting which he did not fight it's you know they had video and everything uh he appealed it through the prison systems lost so he has lost that privilege of being able to go outside work outside of the yard and uh you know that's one thing that he wants um, me to me to help work on after we get through the sandwich situation um, is to try and get him his rights back because he did not fight. You know, he he stood down uh, and and suffered the consequences of of losing points and and starting all over and you know it's just a bad deal. But uh, he's so he's so what happened doing with very deal? well. He's, he filed an appeal, um, as everybody gets their opportunity to do. Uh, what was the appellate court's decision? Well, the, the, it was a pretty intense brief, and, and of course he he's locked up, so his his access to uh, to information is terrible. I've, I've had to print and send him everything that I could possibly come up with. Uh, but he but he had a great brief. 
and the basically he did it himself or did he have counsel? He he did it himself. This is all pro se because his attorney his attorney is now is only he's not even uh, attorney of record. The only thing he is doing is filing paperwork for him. So the the brief was strictly pro se, just like his uh, supreme request for review is is pro se. Um, he's, he's doing this all on his own. You know, he, he he knows the law very well. He he helped promote it. You know, it was a it was a bad deal. Uh, the the appellate court basically ignored all of the questions and all of the situations, and and basically said we're not going there. We're just not going to do it. And and they didn't even really. Uh, it was a very short response. That, that's unfortunate. Typically, the appellate courts is where you have the best chance to find justice. Um, and you know, in, in some appellate courts, in my case, the appellate court overturned a jury verdict uh, or upheld um, you know a ruling where I was convicted by a jury, but we overturned it. Uh, on a motion, and the appellate court upheld my motion, um, and that was that was uh, you know the basis of which the prosecutor finally dropped the case after losing. I mean, after winning, they they beat me. And ultimately, we beat them back, and it was the appellate court that held up that I was you know railroaded, and I, I that's one of the reasons that I stand so firmly with people that are willing to stand and fight. Um, because I just know how fucked up the court system can be, and I and I I get a little bit emotional when I think back to my own trial and how I didn't have a chance. Um, they, they they you know eliminated most of my witnesses and 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 denied everything we tried to do, and uh, as a result, I, I was convicted. And if it wasn't for all the people that were there in court watching all of the the mayhem that was happening. Um, I would have been serving a prison term. I'd probably just be just be getting out uh, six years later. Um, uh, they were trying to get 12 years on me, and I would have I would have done six, and it would have been a different world for me. And if it wasn't yep. for the people that stood by and and were supportive, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be doing this show likely. Um, and and that's one of the reasons that you know Kyle Kyle came to me before his trial came out to my house from Arizona and, and spent a day with me and um, talked about the case and talked about, um, uh, you know, gathering support. And, um, you know, I I wish I was able to be more involved in the actual trial. Um, but, you know, I know how it goes when, when, when it comes down to it and there's a lot of chaos. It's You, you, you go the direction that makes the most sense at the time. And... Um, but but now we're here, and um, so for people who don't realize, the Supreme Court uh, select selects the cases that it hears. Uh, the appellate court is in is pretty much um, required to at least review a case. Uh, you have a due process right to an appeal, um, and so if you file your paperwork appropriately. Um, you file your briefs right, the appellate court at least has to acknowledge it. And they can immediately rule against you without any question, but they, they at least uh, have to go through the motion. 
uh, the Supreme Court is not a due process right, but it's it's a it's an option. Uh, the Supreme Court gets to pick and choose the cases that they hear, and so what we have here is um, a request uh, to have this case seen by the appellate. I mean, by the Supreme Court, and um, people don't necessarily understand how our court system works and you know a lot of times when people say oh we filed something with the supreme court they assume that it has to be heard but the truth is the supreme court's hear very few cases as opposed to uh, those that are submitted so one of the things um that's important especially on a pro se um you know request it's going to be very difficult to get to for them to recognize this as uh, important enough to be seen uh, to take up the court's time. And so one of the things that can be done um, is called an amicus curiae. It literally means a friend of the court. Um, and it's a brief that's filed by someone who is not party to a case and not solicited by a party, but assists the court by offering information uh, that bears on the case, a decision um whether or not to admit this is the discretion of the court. They don't just because we file an amicus curiae doesn't mean that the court has to give it any relevance. But the fact that we're a 501c3 civil rights organization gives us standing with the court that says, "Hey, we're an organization federally recognized that uh, specifically is here to support civil rights, and we, as an organization, have determined that this case is is important enough for us to." submit a brief um, and so that is what we're going to do and where we're at right now is we have um, a copy of a brief that was submitted by uh, another organization it was normal of Arizona and we have that to work with as a template um, but I certainly don't want to just rewrite that and um, you know have a, a second version of the same brief uh, it's going to be important. We have a little bit of time to work on this. I thought we only had till the 10th, but it turns out we're going to have probably a month or two um, to get this together. I don't want to start this in a month or two. I want to start it right away. And um, I'm, I'm here to uh, ask for assistance. I, I reached out to a couple of attorneys, and one of them got back to me uh, and immediately said, sure, I can help, but they wanted money you know, to file and bind this thing, and you know they wanted five hundred or a thousand dollars, and I just said, well, I I don't uh, think that we have money to put at this. Uh, this has got to be, you know, uh, we we certainly don't have a budget for that as an organization, but um, you know, I don't know that there's a value in paying that money. I think what we need is just some competent people that have enough legal experience to write this brief in the most uh, accurate, complete, comprehensive way um, and submit it in a way that the court is likely to acknowledge it and give it credence. And that's the first part of, of, of this. So I'm looking for people that have some experience in legal writing. I'm looking for, um, it doesn't have to be an attorney, could be a, a paralegal, could be somebody who's successfully um, written an amicus brief, um, uh, but certainly I'm, I'm going to be reaching out uh, pretty diligently until 
uh, we get this thing crafted. I'm going to begin working on it um, in a couple of days, and we're going to do a conference call, and I'm going to encourage anybody who wants to participate in this um, you know, to show up on the call, and I'll, I'll announce this. But the second thing I want to do, uh, and I think that this is going to be paramount, um, if we have uh, an amicus brief from Normal, Arizona, and one from the Human Solution International submitted, that's two, and that's important. Um, but what if we had ten of them? You know, what if we had from individuals and from other organizations? There's a lot of organizations out there um, that supposedly support uh, ending prohibition. And I say supposedly because, frankly, I this is an opportunity to show it. This is an opportunity to, um, you know, get up there and do something that can be important. And I'm going to offer, uh, reach out my hand for support, um, but I'm going to also sort of issue, sort not a challenge per se, but you know I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to challenge you to to take your group and write your own amicus brief um, on behalf of Kyle. I know that if we were to get five or six of these from um, recognized organizations uh, from around the country, they don't have to be from Arizona. It could be from anywhere in the country. Um, and, and they don't have carry to weight. strictly be a they, they don't have to strictly be a cannabis organization, a no. veterans or, no. organization, you know. In fact, we're we're specifically uh, not a cannabis organization. We're a civil rights organization no, no, no. by definition. Yes. And and yeah. I encourage other other similar type. You know, Kyle's a veteran. We could have a veterans organization uh, write a brief. I'm I'm going to reach out to the Weed for Warriors folks and see if I can't get them to uh, participate in this. And I, I know members of a number of different organizations, and I'm going to be personally reaching out to their leadership um, in, in hopes of this. But I'm, I'm using this radio show right now to issue that request, that if you know <coughs> of an organization or you know of a leader of an organization, um, put them in touch with me or, or Marvin, and let's let's get some more groups to participate in this. Um, this is definitely something that uh, this is an action that we can win. Um, we can get, I mean, imagine this, and this is, this is a reality. This is where everything that we've ever accomplished as an organization happened, where we set a goal and we said, look, if we do this, this can happen. I'm a free man today because of that thinking um, and, and, a, and a lot of hard work. And we have case after case after case where the community came together and said, wait a minute, if we do this, this can happen, and this is one of those sort of perfect storm situations. And I don't get riled up about a lot of cases as I used to because there's so few cases that I really think that we can do this kind of benefit for. But Shauna's case is certainly one of them, um, and this is a case that's, that's definitely one of them where the, <coughs> the people that are involved are willing to put that effort in and the case has got merit, and uh, the Supreme Court, I firmly believe, if they could be aware of what happened, would do the right thing. They would rule appropriately, and they could reverse this. Um, I spoke with Kyle last week, I think it was on Friday, um, about this, and you know, he told me a lot of the stories that you just mentioned. Um, and, and Kyle is a guy that is really worthy of our support. Um, 
he's he's just a good guy, and he's a guy that while he's in prison, not fighting back was one example of of the quality of his content of the content of his character, but he's taken this really shitty spot that he's in and he's using it to benefit himself and others and he's tutoring people um he's he's doing everything he possibly can that's positive in this really crappy situation he's in right now and <clears throat> i told him that he's got our support and uh we're going to be talking more in the future i'm going to try to get him to come on or he wants to come on the show we just got to orchestrate it where he can come on and uh um, you know, not get in trouble for it. So that is pretty much, uh, in, as far as I know, where we're at. Uh, Marvin, anything else you want to bring to this? Well, I just wanted to say that if anybody wants to read his request for review, um, it, if they just go to Facebook and type in ampersand free Kyle Catlin, there's just an abundance of information that I've posted over the past year and a half. It's just unbelievable. But uh, they could take a look at his uh, request for review and see the issues that are at hand. You know, there's so many issues that are, that are being violated and, and, you know, people are ending up in prison over it. It's just, we've we've got to do something about it. And and that's what, that's what he's trying to do. (laughs) That's what this is all about is, is, Keeping people from from being violated and ending up in prison when they read the law, it says one thing, but the courts twist it around and and they come up with absurd, absurd opinions. It's just it's it's got to be cured. And I don't I don't know how else to do it. You know, we're we're at the Supreme Court. This is where we needed to be. <laughs> So, well, uh, you know, it, it, we were just talking about, uh, you know, the, unfor- I don't know what, circumstances happen and they seem wrong and unfair, but unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know how it works, but sometimes it takes those travesties, put us in a situation where we can accomplish something. I would have never formed this organization. Uh, I would have never championed this caused the way I did likely had I not lost my freedom over it. Um, you know, I always supported it, but would I have gone this far? Probably not. Um, and I, if I hadn't have been convicted unfairly, I would have never known that that was even possible. I would have never understood how fucked up our court system is and our justice system is. And if I had never been locked up, I would have never known how horrible of a place being locked up is. Um, and Kyle's in a situation where maybe he never would have been able to accomplish something like this if he hadn't have gone through this. You don't get to just go into the Supreme Court until you've been <laughs> burned twice substantially. And then you have an opportunity to approach the Supreme Court. So, um you know, maybe that's what this is all about. Um, you know, Shauna's case as well. Uh, she has an opportunity to to strike a blow uh, at a corrupt system in Kansas, and it wouldn't have happened had she not been targeted and 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 gone through all of this. So, um, 
maybe that's what this is all about. You end up being a, an, an uh, I forget what the term is, but um, an unwilling or um, uh, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm stammering right now. I'm not going to stammer on the radio. But anyways, uh, being a leader without without wanting the job, an unwilling or an unwilling, I forget, there's a term for it, but that's what happens sometimes yeah, where the universe you. Gives, you, yeah, gives you something to do and you're the one for it, but you have to go through this this suffering in order to uh, walk into the room. You don't get to walk into the room unless you've, you know, taken these, these licks, whatever they, they are. So hopefully that's what this is about. Kyle can, uh, we can accomplish what we need to and Kyle can be vindicated and, uh, you know, get back to living his life and helping people and helping himself um, as, you know, as intended. So, well, Marvin, I appreciate you coming aboard. Um, you're a welcome guest on the show anytime. Um, I'm going to invite you to attend the conference call once I get it dialed in a little bit. Uh, that way you can you can participate in the conversation as we're drafting our, our own brief and um, you know, I—that's what we're—that's what we're here for. We're uh, brothers in arms here. Yes. Well, you know, he's—he's uh, he's definitely out there doing it for others because he, you know, he just always has a smile. Whenever I talk to him, I talk to him every day on the phone. He's just always in good spirits. You know, it's—it's it's amazing. He amazes me that he is in good spirits. I, I well, that's how, the one thing when you get locked up. When you get locked up, they take away all your freedoms, and and you're left with very few choices uh, in in you know in your world. You know, out here we have choices about everything. Uh, in there, you have very few choices. But when I was locked up, I can remember one of the choices I made was not to be daunted, not to be not to be disheartened. I was gonna maintain a good attitude and I was going to keep my spirits up and that was the one thing they couldn't take away from me they couldn't take my smile and that was a decision I made and I think he's probably made a similar decision yes it's one of well, the freedoms Joe, we have I, just I, can't take it away <laughs> I I thank you this has uh, been great getting us out there uh, we we need to get a, get on this and and hopefully we can at least change one of these terrible opinions, you know. They're just unbelievable opinions and and hopefully this this will at least at least we can get one of them, you know. If we just get one. <laughs> well, we're going to do everything uh, we can and uh we'll we'll continue to update. We'll uh we'll have this be a regular feature on the show as as we are approaching this and Hopefully we'll have other guests on the on the line that will be um, other organizations uh, willing to also file an amicus. So, all right, Marvin, uh, thank you so much again, Marvin Caitlin, um, and uh, Kyle Caitlin is the case that we're following, supporting, and uh, the amicus curiae is the action we're here to take. So, thank you so much, Marvin. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Okay, so we have a. Next, we have Lori Murphy and Galen Fisher um, from Las Vegas, Nevada. We have Tom Corby with the NorCal Report. But before that, I'm going to bring up the amazing Becca. Um, and um, I was hoping we would have more of our <coughs> core team to join this conversation, but 
uh, we've got some issues going on with our website, and we've made uh, we just had a board meeting about it, and we're going to be making some changes. And Becca, you are live on the air right now, and welcome to the All show. Right. And thank, thank you for uh, screening. She's uh, our our um, non-compliant Mary decided to be non-compliant for the show today. <laughs> <laughs> but we love that about her. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways. Why don't you tell us what's going on with the website and what we've done, and um, let's. I just want to kind of put it out there so if if people have the skill to uh, uh, lend a hand as far as some of the choices we have, I uh, definitely want to get that input. Why don't you tell us what's what's just happened? So we just found out that our the price per month for our website is going to quadruple, I guess it would be. And we can't afford to pay that. Even if we could, we wouldn't be willing to pay that. So we're going to switch to a WordPress site. And so we're going to build a new, which I think is going to be a new and better website, a lot more user-friendly and a lot more accessible. And that should be up and running. That will be up and running this month, later this month. So uh, if anybody doesn't know much about a WordPress site, uh, WordPress is an open source platform and um, it works as a very basic platform but it it's enhanced with a bunch of what they call plugins they're like apps and so uh, the site itself is really just a basic uh, a basic <coughs> page driven platform but every little component to it <coughs> like things like um, a calendar things like uh, the ability to um, have a store or a database or, um, um, you know, a map or any of those features or even interaction features to where it can be shared on social networking, um, things that can, you know, can you can like or not like, um, allowing blog posts. All of those things are what they call plugins. And um, there's a huge amount of these plugins that are out there, and some of them are free, some of them are, uh, you know, at a cost. Uh, there's also a huge amount of themes, and the theme <coughs> is actually the overall look of the site. And uh, it's the way there's elements of the theme that can be changed, but the general look of the site is what's called a theme. Well, there's a lot of them to choose from. And again, a lot of them are free, some of them cost. Um, I would really reach out towards anybody who has uh, WordPress experience that if you have some of these plugins that you know of that are particularly useful or user friendly, uh, some of these plugins are great, but they don't play well with others. And the downside of WordPress, the upside is. It's a fairly inexpensive way to make a site that's pretty much unlimited what you can do with. But the downside is <coughs> it uses all of these different apps that have to somewhat interact with each other, and sometimes they don't do that very well. And sometimes there can be an app-to-app conflict or a plug-in-to-plug-in conflict that can cause the site to not work right. And so uh, Becca's going to be doing the lion's share of the web design, we're not so much looking for 
somebody to help design the site, but we're looking for help in expertise with specific plugins or themes or uh, elements of the site that will just cause it to work right. Am I pretty close there? Oh, that's actually, yes, very accurate. Because yeah. anything you know, yeah, anything to do with calendars, that kind of thing, any plugins that you know of that work well, any suggestions would be great. Beautiful. All right. Well, if uh, if you do uh, have any of that, please uh, get a hold of me or Becca, and you can do that through Facebook or uh, the numbers out there all over the place. I'll give you my number once again is 951-436-6312. All right, Becca, anything else you want to add to this? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, we're closing in on it here. We've got a couple of more guests and about 20 minutes left of the show. So um, before we move over, we're going to get uh, Lori and Galen up next and then Tom Corby to close down the show. Um, I just want to thank the Coffee Party Radio Network for giving this show a place to be. And remember, if you're listening to the show right now and you have a question or you uh, have something you want to say and you didn't give that information to the screener, just hang up. And call back, 646-929-2495. And if you are online right now and there's something that you want to add or you need to hurry up and get um, get on the air, if you press the number 1 on your phone, it will bump you up on the list of callers. And I'll see that happen and I will just pull you up on the line. So, all right, without further ado, we have Laurie and Galen from Las Vegas, Nevada. What is happening in Vegas? Welcome to hey, Joe. Hey, thanks for having us. And hey, everybody out there. Lori's in the kitchen right now whipping up something to eat, a quick meal. And I'm there in the right. computer listening in. I say, uh, um, my, uh, to Shauna, I want to say, uh, just hold tight and keep up the positivity because that's going to be the current that's going to, that's going to ultimately push forward and get you through this. Um, and to, and she said, she touched on something very important that I thought was very important. And when she said that it's a biological necessity and it's not more past the medical aspect of it, which Lori and I, and, you know, we, we, we've been real advocates of the medical side of it, which is two, two reasons for that. It's the law and, there actually is medical necessity for it. But when she said the biological necessity for it, she blew my mind because I, I actually think of um, some words from people that, you know, uh, um, from the human solution of just listening in and just learning um, from the overall community and just thinking about the human endocannabinoid system and the deficiency of cannabinoids that we experience by not having this natural component that, exist naturally in our earth um, and part of our, you know, continual cycle when we, as, a, as we grow up and grow older and, you know, just nourish ourselves with the bounty from the earth. And that includes, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people, the listeners' opinions, uh, cannabinoids, those specifically found in um, cannabis. I was reading something earlier, and it was saying that there's two types of cannabinoids. There's phytocannabinoids, phytocannabinoids that they 
almost are produced in almost everything. However, cannabinoids are only produced in cannabis. And I saw, wow, from a scientific standpoint, how can we deny this? And when I hear things about jury uh, notification and not being able to present at certain evidences, a certain chill goes down my, my, my back and my spine. And you know why, Joe? I was faced with the same thing, and I, we weren't able to use the actual law. We had to disregard the law. And I've never, ever really had to observe or be a part of the legal system where the law is disregarded. And, and, you know, there's instances where I would wish it would have been, you know, from, from my case, but it's for the, the legal institution, the judicial the body, or excuse me, that, that form of the uh, part of the government, the, the halls of justice, so they say, to disregard a law that's blatant, that's out there. It, it was, it was disheartening and, and, and very scary. So I can imagine everybody that's in those same shoes, how they must, how they must feel. And, and, and my heart goes out to you, my sympathy. And I want to, um, if, if, if I know someone said it's something about some gas money on there as well, too, to, to try to make the trip. And if there's any way that we can contribute, please, uh, let either Lori reach out to either Lori and I know uh, either Lori and I, if you have our phone numbers where we can be contacted 24 seven, if not, Joe knows it. Well, and uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can donate to the human solution. Anybody can donate to the human solution and specifically lay down what you want your donation to go for. That's one of the things about our organization that we've always had. If somebody, even if we don't have a specific fundraiser going, if somebody donates, anything, $5, $20, $100, $1,000, and says, I want this money to go to and insert need there, that's where it will go to, and there will be a receipt for it and everything. So anybody who does want to donate to, um, we have the, mecha- the me- mechanism for that to happen. And like she said, we're all, we, we're, we're all financially broke. However, we, we, we all have rich characters, I believe. And we sh- we show our rich characters when we don't have as much finances as we like, but we still come through where, where they need to be placed at. And that's really what it is, placing assets where they need to be. And uh, that's that's the purpose of, of money. So, yeah, definitely. That's a good that's a definitely a good thing. And I wish Shauna the best, too. And um, all the not, not even luck, all the positive energy and all the positive vibes in the court and just all the information goes into the right places and hits the right ears. Cause that's what it basically comes down to it, it, it has to be a commotion made where it's just unacceptable, intolerable to punish someone for a plant any longer. <coughs> well, that's absolutely the case. And, uh, you know, it's, it's important that, um, we're starting to get that energy to be shared. The drum beat starting to beat, a little bit louder, and and you know that notion doesn't seem so foreign uh, to more and more people. So uh, it's just important that we keep putting it out there in every way, every language, every uh, you know every every way we can think of, and uh, uh, reach out to as many different people in as many different ways as we can to get to understand this. So all right, well, Laura, Galen, um, always a pleasure to talk and give my best to Lori. And hopefully she's making something real nice and tasty. And um, we will talk to you real soon. The pleasure is all mine, Joe. And thank you guys uh, for having us. And thank you guys for uh, contributing and, and just everything. And uh, heartfelt um, 
apologies for uh not responding back to you earlier i think i called you i, I called you called back but uh yeah definitely um <laughs> everybody out there tom shonda everybody keep up the fight and thank you guys once again go joe absolutely all right well galen galen fisher um uh chapter coordinator las vegas chapter uh ex-defendant and uh, uh, civil rights um, champion. We're always pleased to be working together, and uh, we're going to keep on going. I'll talk to you real soon. All right. Up next, and our final guest of the day, Tom Corby with the NorCal Report. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joe. And Bobby Rodrigo at a coffee party radio show, and all those on the front line help you the solution to finally end prohibition free all our POWs. I'm here tonight again with Nick Moran. Uh, when we talk about defendants, some come for you, some don't care. Nick Moran comes for me, he's been helping me here. And uh, it's going on. He has Joseph Tully now. And uh, Joe, I know Tully uh, is going back for Benno on the 28th on the manufacturing number six cars. If you remember that, that resembles Planet Earth case and a juice and juicy case uh, where Tully count seven manufacturing, Tully took it back to court. Is a jury trial and he won the second time around. That's very important when we talk about manufacturing, it's not covered by Prop 215. Uh, Cold press hatches and uh, it's the best choice. Also, uh, when we talk about manufacturing, I'm kind of cut to the chase today, Joe, so we don't go over. Uh, we talk about the Benos case. Uh, count six almost resembles manufacturing. What did they do? Uh, your friend Jeff Sahard brought out, how can they drop count six, which is uh, conspiring to manufacturing and only have count six manufacturing? How can you have manufacturing without conspiring to do that? That's a point to bring out here. Also, on the, on the Benos case, which is really huge on this, there was no butane, butane on the property. You know how big that is, Joe. They always bring the butane in. I was blowing up houses and glasses flying and hurting kids. And so and they, they actually look at us sometimes like meth labs when, with this manufacturing and this butane. Now we have we can do it cold press and without the butane, which is also toxic. We know that. Uh, don't forget to breathe. That helps me. Uh, of course, uh, Alex Lyons also, when we talk about the tennis that come for me, Alex Lyons, my my uh, neighbor, my partner here, also comes for me. Uh, sometimes when we come for a defendant, we really don't know who we're coming for. Joe knows what I'm talking about. And some don't care if we come. They don't seem to, they don't want us there or they don't appreciate it. That's okay. We have several and, and they do. And as Nick Moran also commented today what you said, Joe, folks don't know. Joe, Nick said, I had no idea until I got busted and went to jail. Oh, 
dollars a course of injustice. And the dog and pony shows and wasting taxpayers' time and money in these courtrooms, disrupting the lives and families. So Nick Moran's here today, and he's not quite ready to talk, but he does appreciate all the help, and he is a hell of a writer. So we can probably get him on your writing team, Joe. He said he could probably help on that. Uh, well, that would be great. Uh, I'm going to be announcing probably uh, Saturday, I think, we're going to work on the amicus brief, and I'll uh, put together a time and a, and, and a, a number for that. So, um, you know, I want to get started on it. Hopefully we can get some people that have some writing skills uh, to participate. Um, you know, I'm not going to beg anybody. I'm just going to get in and write it myself if I don't get more help. So, um, but hopefully we'll get a bunch of people that are willing to uh, uh, participate and, and in a meaningful way and, and uh, you know, create the best brief that, that can be made. That's right, exactly. Uh, I also want to bring up, when we bring up Joseph Tully, uh, there's not many. He's second to none, and especially when we talk about jury trial, uh, there's, he's, he's, just, he's just dynamite in there if you ever – have a chance to experience totally in action. And actually, uh, Nick Moran did. We went up for uh, uh, Benos. We were actually uh, invited by Tully to come up for his closing, which was awesome, which is really good for Nick. If he goes to trial, which I doubt that he was just a work, worker on the ranch, victim uh, of circumstances, which he talked about last week. Uh, I want to bring up Aaron O'Neill right now. I noticed that he was on the calendar to go to court uh, trial with Tully. Uh, I never heard any updates. Uh, did you hear whatever happened with Aaron? I was hoping he might no, talk today. No, never heard anything. No. Nope. Not a thing. Didn't hear about uh, well, yeah. that, well, that's up in Eldorado County. You know, that's quite a ways from here. Uh, yeah, so... All right, well, uh, I want to bring up, we got a little extra time. Uh, they always say, Tom, why don't you talk about your case a little bit, because they all resemble each other. Uh, a lot of folks don't know that I got busted. I went to jail for four days for Donna, what Donna did. Uh, sending a package, it turned out she only sent two and a half ounces to a, a previous scripted member here, Paulette Bellner. Uh and it turned out we actually embarrassed him uh, at uh, Donna's sentencing. Uh, Donna and I were both up for uh, 14 years, interstate commerce, so assignment, mushroom, sales, cultivation, you name it, we were up for $360,000 bail. Can you imagine what we went through and what folks go through? Oh, when you talk about disrupting lives and family, I'm just glad we have our friends, families, public to recover so basically the cut to the chase five years now since we got busted got connected with Joe North Southern Cal Human Solution in Northern California as a coordinator with Measure A I always already have the connection which was perfect to be the regional coordinator in all of Northern California and <clears throat> What that say now? We've used to come in on the radio show on Sunday morning. Doctor Joe and I were just trying to just get the people to talk, and we're just struggling <laughs> to find something to say. And now we got fifty chapters 
international. Manitoba is one of our best chapters. What's that say? That I really do feel that we have the momentum now to end this legal war on cannabis. And we know it was illegal, the Controlled Substance Act in the first place. And we always say, follow the money. Randolph Hearst and DuPont and Mitchell and Nick Sutton and all of them. They knew. Ah, uh, hey, that's meth and coke's okay. We'll get them with this cannabis. We're easy pickings. No, we're not. Aha. Uh-huh. They mess with the wrong people. When they mess with people <laughs> like Nick and Nick Wren has hyped the accolations. He's done the, the Pacific Coast Trail twice, 2,800 miles. And he's really great. We're pruning big trees out here. I need the strength. And uh, also uh, about our case, uh, folks, I just hope none of you have to go through this if you haven't went to jail for it. And our motto, of course, is that no one should... Uh, die in prison for a plant and uh, come join us all, help you the solution. Uh, can prohibition, uh, did you schedule no schedule on cannabis and end the failed drug war? Uh, at the human solution international.org. Uh, my wife Donna says to me today, always, and she would tell you, don't forget to breathe. Thank you for the radio and Becca and all of those on the show today. Great talkers. All right, Joe. We're not going to go over time. I'll be a couple more minutes. <laughs> all right, Joe. Thank you. A minute short, and uh, thank you so much for your NorCal update. And uh, I look forward to coming up and seeing you soon. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get up there and uh, spend a couple of days without there being any events we need to do just today. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said, Don, you were always on my mind.